Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, Earth family and cosmic being. We have another amazing episode for you today. Today, we're going to discuss understanding our human template, ancient knowledge hidden in playing cards with Alexander Dunlop. This is a very fascinating episode. I think it's the first time Alex has gone really this deep into his work and how he discovered it. Um, So we're going to talk about cards as the book of life, book of knowledge, or thoth. Uh, Cards showing and teaching us about uh, the dynamics of life, playing cards as a mathematical formula, uncovering our life template, life as a game. Um, we get into it and we talk about cards versus tarot, why the, apocalypse, why the apocalypse is happening now and why it's a good thing, having the courage to go into the unknown, um, our extraterrestrial origin, human DNA modification, and aliens. So we get into it. This is an epic episode. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy it. I want to thank everybody who's been supporting. Um, the best and easiest thing you can do is to leave my butt a review in iTunes. It's free and easy and it helps. Um, so this one is from Maddie Jean from Canada, and it says, beautiful, such a fantastic podcast. Matt's soul radiates through, and you can really feel how much he cares about his listeners, which is true, I do, Um, his guests and his show. Beautiful subjects that I can never get enough of. We need more podcasts like this one. Each episode is very open and open-minded discussion with interesting guests. Thank you, Matt, for sharing love and light. So I appreciate you taking the time to share that. Um, Means a lot, you know. I, I am doing this uh, to try to spread epic teachers. So, you know, when you guys share the podcast and you talk about it with your friends, um, that is incredible. Um, those of you supporting me on Patreon, Patreon, I really appreciate that. Dana Cobb, thank you so much. She, you know, is supporting. So I figure if 1% of the audience gives a dollar, I could go get sandwiches and do more podcasts, um, even hire staff eventually. And one of the things that I'd like to do is um, have if when you get your aha moments during the podcast, just time code it and share it on Facebook and tag Matt Belair podcast. You can go further and you can write about your aha moment, but it's in the sharing of the knowledge. That's where the real power is. So if you guys are listening to this and you're getting aha moments, share all of them or just share one of them, share one an episode. But if we can get even just 5% of all these listeners sharing these aha moments from each and every episode, it's going to inspire people to 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 number one, learn what you just learned Two, they can go deeper into the podcast or they can go into their own personal development. So if you can just share tag Matt Belair podcast during your aha moments, take a screen capture of what that time code was and we'll build a collection together and we'll teach, um, people. So everybody's learning is valuable. And that's what we're really sharing here. Um, if those at David Lombear suggested that uh, I allow people to uh, send me stuff. So if you want to send me a dollar folded up and put some good juju in it, he said there's real, real power in physical objects. So if you want to send me something, I'm open to that now, which I find fascinating. And I will just invite you to go to the email, uh, sign up for the email list at mattbelair.com. Check out the coaching if you want to do that. I'm doing groups now and I'm doing, um, you know, 
if you wanted to invite me into your group or your book club or whatever, I'll check that out. Go get Zen Athlete if you haven't read it yet. It is Zen Life. It doesn't need to be athlete. It could be Zen Entrepreneurship. It's it's personal mastery um, in there. I want to thank my my podcast sponsor, Purium. Uh, they are amazing and you can get a $50 gift card and they have CBD now, which I'm stoked on because I've been trying to get CBD in Canada. Unfortunately, I can't get it here, so I have to figure it out. But um, CBD is amazing. Everybody tells me I should take it and I have been taking it here and there and I usually feel really good about it. So, um, you know, you can get big chunk off if you just use uh, bit.ly forward slash activate health then use activate health on the checkout, get $50 gift card, non-GMO, legit stuff. And they have everything from cleansing to just the best products and supplements you can get basically. Um, so that's it. And yeah, sign up for the email list tagging, you know, the map layer podcast cover that. And I think that's good. I'm just going to be rambling here talking about nothing. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. And, uh, before we get in, I want to invite you guys to do the same one that we did before and, uh, just making a firm commitment to, um, being loving and kind to yourself in your internal dialogue and, and just doing that now. So right now, just make the firm internal commitment, the decision that you will always be loving and kind to yourself when it comes to internal dialogue and how you speak to yourself. So now taking a deep breath in through your nose with this intention. Imagine cosmic life force energy filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being supporting this energetic change, this neurological change. And now just let that breath out slowly with all the old programming, all the limitation, every bit of your internal critic, just thanking it and letting it go and moving to a new reality. Taking another deep breath in through your nose and doubling that commitment to be loving and kind to yourself when it comes to your internal dialogue. Loving and kind, just making that commitment and feeling it pulse through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. And just let that breath out slowly with all limitation, all doubt, all old programming. Just being super grateful for everything that you learned but now realizing a new way of life. Now taking another deep breath in through your nose and double and triple that feeling, that commitment to be loving and kind to yourself with your internal dialogue, with how you treat yourself, being kind and compassionate to yourself with your own limitations, realizing this is a learning process. You're always going to learn. You're going to feel all kinds of things, but just making that commitment to be loving, kind and compassionate to yourself and just see yourself over the days and the weeks and the months ahead and the years ahead knowing that you've made this switch and feeling lighter and peaceful and at ease. And now sending out this good energy, this peaceful compassion, this kindness to all beings on the planet. And I'm sending you that energy now, all of my love and compassion and and kindness and good wishes towards you. And just feel the energy of all beings on the planet supporting you, loving you, supporting you in every single way and just let that energy come in knowing that you are being cooperative in your environment that nature and source and spirit is cooperative in nature and you are a part of that so thank you so much for joining me and let's just get into this incredible episode with alexander dunlop and he's gonna blow your mind there's gonna be a lot of aha moments so when you have those aha moments time code it share it it's a beautiful thing and just tag matt belair podcast and we'll we'll share this wisdom with our friends and our family and our world so all right let's do it hello and welcome to another episode of the mastermind body and spirit show 
I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a guide and teacher who empowers you to master your inner game so you can shine your brightest light and make your greatest impact. He is the best-selling author of the book, Play Your Cards Right, A Sacred Guide to Life on Earth. He is also the creator of the Life Elevated Foundation. He is trained as a Roman Catholic priest, initiated as a Swami in India, and apprenticed to indigenous shamans. He is a Harvard graduate and former Wall Street consultant. He lives in Brooklyn with his soulmate and two children. Welcome to the show, Alexander Dunlop. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me, man. What a pleasure to be here with you. Yes, yes, it's so good to so good to uh, connect. I as soon as I saw your work, you know, you kind of reached out and said, "Hey, would you be interested in chatting about this?" And I took a look. I'm like, "Yes, a hundred percent. Please, please share. It's such a fascinating yeah. uh, story." So, do you want to do you want to tell people a little bit like how you got into this? How do you go from Wall Street Harvard graduate to like looking at archetypes in playing cards and and all the other amazing stuff you're up to? Man, I never would have guessed in a million years that this is what I would have ended up doing with my life. Uh, you know, growing up, I always loved playing cards. As a family, we played a lot of card games. I was always into cards. And uh, come to find out that the deck of cards is actually a mathematical model of life. And we can read our life path in the cards and these cards are actually an ancient book of wisdom that was hidden in plain sight uh, is is mind-blowing and it was mind-blowing and it still is when i think about it that the truth was hidden in plain sight all this time right under our noses um, but for me it was a long spiritual quest i had started when i was 17 and i had a kind of a spontaneous spiritual awakening i'd grown up roman catholic and was pretty much agnostic, just going through the motions and you know, going to Catholic school. So we were forced to go to church and go to confession and do all that. And my senior year of high school, I went on a retreat that the school offered. And it was three days to get out of school, and this was in South Florida. The retreat center was on the beach in Miami. It was like, uh, yeah, I'll go on that retreat. Um, and then on the last night, a priest came to talk to us about walls around our hearts. And it really moved me. And I went afterwards to talk with him. And first time I'd ever actually voluntarily sought out a priest. And I don't remember what I said to him at this point. But after I was done talking to him, he stood up to offer the traditional prayer of absolution that I had heard, you know, umpteen times in my youth. And he put his hands on my forehead like that. And the moment that he did, something went whoosh right through my body from head to toe in this like split second flash of water and electricity all at once. And it left me feeling washed clean. And my family recognized the different me that emerged from that. Uh, and what it did was it made me realize in that instant that there was something real behind all the religious dogma. And it launched me on a quest. Like, what is the meaning of this? What is this all about? And so it led me through a lot of different twists and turns. And I, I really and truly tried everything and looked everywhere to find answers. Uh, meanwhile, kind of, you know, like a lot of, in a lot of ways, that spiritual seeking was sometimes in tandem with my kind of regular life, corporate life. You know, I did well in school growing up. I got straight A's. So I got into Harvard and so I was studying philosophy at Harvard and 
Then I worked on Wall Street, like you mentioned. Um, but meanwhile, I was searching and I was trying every psychedelic drug I could find, every recreational drug and just exploring and seeking. And my seeking eventually led me to India. It's kind of the cliche thing, but I hiked up the mountain and met the guru and did all of that. And uh, then came back and did a lot of ayahuasca ceremonies. And I apprenticed to a woman in the Lakota tradition and just searching, searching. What is this? What is the meaning of all of this? And uh, much to my surprise, the answers I was looking for were found in, in this, in the deck of playing cards. And, you know, it was at a party in Brooklyn that someone first introduced this to me. And uh, so I find it funny that I searched everywhere for the meaning of my life. Uh, I went to Roman Catholic seminary. I didn't tell that part, you know, and uh, went to India and studied philosophy and I worked with shamans, but it was at a party in Brooklyn that I found the meaning of my life, you know, and, and that's how it goes. The truth is hidden in plain sight and the truth is stranger than fiction, you know? Uh, so it was that experience that changed my understanding of my own life path by understanding what these meant for me. And, um, you know, there's not very much written about it. Um, but over time, I started to piece together what it means. And I was so transformed by it. And it helped me so much that I set up a practice to share this information with other people so that other people can understand their life purpose and understand why they're here and what they're here to do. Uh, so, so that's the kind of, that's the story, man. That's amazing. That's beautiful. It's interesting. Yeah. You go from, you know, one side of the coin you're seeking, um, and you're diving in, you know, I went to, um, Nepal to meditate with monks. And the reason why I did that was because I want to learn from the best, you know, and so if these are the enlightened masters on the planet, I want to go do what they do, do their practices, fully immerse myself. So, you know, I, I think it's great that you've got that direct experience and then you find it in Brooklyn. So do you, what exactly did you find? Like, what was that experience? Like, how does, how does that happen? How, like what happened? What's gonna... That's a good, I mean, it's a good question. And, you know, I mean, I could tell you my story. We could talk for hours, uh, you know, just about my story because I'm just giving the highlights, but yeah, that's a great question. What was going on in my life at the time was that I was going through a divorce and I just found out the day before that we were getting divorced and divorce papers are on the table. Um, and I kind of did like, a, well, I, I need to get out and clear my head. And I hadn't gone out in a while because we had a business together and we had two small kids together. So I was playing dutiful dad, you know, entrepreneur and working seven days a week kind of thing. And I was like, all right, I got to get out. I got to clear my head and go to a party. And so go to a loft party in Brooklyn where I knew some people. And I used to go to Burning Man. And so I bump into an old campmate that I knew from Burning Man. And keep in mind what was happening in my life, the context. He goes, hey, what's your date of birth? And I was like, well, August 30th. Why? And he goes, uh, he does a little calculation. He's like, oh, okay, your birth card is the nine of hearts. And that means in your life, you're going to go through tragic endings of the heart and you got to learn how to let go and move on. And I was like, I, I actually like had this deja vu moment where the air got thick around me. And I've had that happen to me on a couple of occasions where like everything goes, 
And that's what happened in that moment. And my knees actually got kind of weak and like buckled under me because he was telling me this truth that impacted me so greatly, especially given what I was going through. I was going through a tragic ending of my heart. And then to find out that my life path is written for that and I have to learn how to let go and move on, it, it really hit me. And uh, so it had a significant impact, obviously, because now this is what I do for a living as I help other people understand their life path using the same tool. Awesome. Interesting. So you have this experience and then, so how does it come about that you learn about the playing cards? So do you want to dive into that in your book and and the knowledge you found? Because I'm all about human archetypes and I think it's fascinating. The more I can understand about what the robotic side of me is, like the kind of whether it's biology or patterns or conditioning or whatever, like the things that aren't me. So then I can bring awareness to give me more freedom. So do you want to share, share with that? Yeah, we can. And uh, we can do kind of a a mini reading for you too, if you're game. Yeah. 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 I'm game for sure. Oh, okay. So I'll give a little bit of context, a little bit of background. We're talking about the regular deck of playing cards the 52 deck of cards. And so there's 52 cards and there's 52 weeks. There's a four suits and four seasons. There's 13 cards in each suit and there's 13 weeks in each season. When you add up the numbers, the ace is worth one and then the two through the 10 and then the Jack queen king is 11, 12, 13. So add those up one plus two plus three, add them together for all the 52 cards and you'll get 364. So 52 cards add up to 364. And this guy, the Joker, he's the 53rd archetype. And it's a four part system with the four suits and the Joker is the fifth element. And his mathematics is represented as a proportion of his interplay with the rest of the suits. So it's represented as five over four. And that, in a fraction is one and one fourth. So you put that back, you get 365 and a quarter. So this adds up to the earth revolving around the sun. It's a mathematical matrix. And it's as old as anything we know. And it didn't, um, books didn't used to have bindings in the ancient times, like books of the Bible, right? Were written on scrolls and they were still called books. Um, so this was known in ancient circles as a book of knowledge or the book of life or the book of Toth or the book of destiny. It had many names depending on the different period of time that it was used in. But I've realized in my research that it was known in ancient esoteric spiritual circles. And what it is, is it shows us the dynamics of life. And based on the numbers of our date of birth, we each have 13 cards to play. So in these 13 cards, we see our human template. And then we have a choice about how we want to play our cards, right? That pun intended, we choose how to play our cards. It's a literal expression, which I find funny. Like I know what that expression means now. Um, And when people ask me, what do you do? I love telling them that what I do is I help people play their cards right. Uh, I I like that. Um, But so there's two parts of it. The first part is find out what's in the cards for us. And then it's learn how to play our cards right. 
because we have free will, right? There's a template that we are incarnated into, right? For lack of a better word, you're a soul, I'm a soul. And we're in this mathematical model, this game construct. We're here to play a game. We've all taken it way too seriously, but it's a game. And if the game wasn't challenging, we'd get bored, right? So it's a challenging game. It holds our interest. And we're choosing how we want to play our cards, right? We are literally holding cards and choosing how we're going to play them, right? And it's all based on numbers. So I, you gave me your date of birth before, and I looked you up. Um, your birth card is the nine of clubs. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to see if I can share my screen. So I've got this prepped to show you. Um, Okay. So you're seeing the nine of clubs there? Yeah, perfect. Okay. So are you seeing them side by side? Uh, just, what do you mean side by side? Uh, there's there's two. Okay, there we go. Is this? I see, I see one nine of clubs. Okay. I can't tell what you're seeing, but okay. So here's a nine of clubs that I had printed without the numbers on it so that we can see the archetypal pattern more clearly. Oh, and, interesting. Right. When you take up here, I'll pull this one up. So that's what you might look at in a regular deck of cards. You see that with the nines. I only, I only see the one without the nine. Oh, that's weird. Okay. All right. Uh, well, there we go. So, okay. But you're seeing the one without the nine next to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this, the clubs is the suit of the mind. You know, hearts is the suit of the heart. And diamonds is the suit of the physical reality. Anything that's hardened into a material form is represented by a diamond. And then the suit of spades represent consciousness. The spade is actually an acorn. And the acorn is a symbol of the pineal gland or the third eye. Okay, but the club is a clover, it's a flower, and it represents knowledge. It's the flower that grows on the soil of the heart. And so, your primary archetype that you're playing as a soul is represented by this pattern the, the nine of clubs. And this is like a hieroglyph or a rune. And so, we can read it, and it's basically in the shape of an H. Do you see that? It has a cross at the center, um, and it's like a ladder. The nine of clubs as a symbol, as an archetype for you, means you're here to climb up the ladder of knowledge. That's what you're here to do. You're here to lead the way in paradigm-shifting, thought-provoking insights. <laughs> so that's, you know, I could say I've been doing something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, that's your way of playing your card right, is by offering this ladder that helps us all climb up to a higher way of seeing our world, right? Now, the other way we can look at it is you could climb down that ladder just as easily. And if and when you do, then you're climbing down into negative thoughts of self-criticism and self-judgment and self-doubt, right? And then what, what can happen is you may have these groundbreaking thoughts or these you know, game-changing insights, but then you might 
doubt your own insights and question yourself. So you might climb up and down that ladder inside your own mind. Hmm. Interesting. So it's a little bit like the polarity with each one, like this is the gift and this is the shadow. Um, like, have you, have you, are you familiar with gene keys? Yeah. Yeah. Very fascinating. I feel like it's the same idea. Really cool. Okay. I get that. Yeah. And I, I love gene keys. Um, one of the reasons among many that I strongly gravitated to the the playing cards as the tool that I like to work with is because of how deeply it's embedded in our collective consciousness already, right? Um, everywhere, these cards are everywhere. So there's such a powerful energy in them, and yet they've been so misunderstood, not even aware. You know, the church's propaganda worked all too well. Um, in the Middle Ages, it was called the Devil's Bible. And, um, you know, that still stigma is still there, unfortunately. And it's kind of funny to me. I was trained as a priest because I went to seminary. Um, and now I've done a 180 and now I'm practicing witchcraft according to the same church. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I get that. And I like to be sensitive to people that are in the, in the, you know, the religious realms. And I think it's because they, they, you use uh, death, right? Like in this, this, like, okay, you don't know what's going to happen when you die. And then you're going to burn in hell for all of eternity. If you don't make the right choice, that's pretty traumatizing. You know, that's a traumatizing choice to have to make. And so because of that, I, you know, from my research, it is fear-based and it's to control the soul you know, and, and, you know, you don't have to do this thing or that thing. And I think that, you know, one of the intentions with the podcast was to bring about like a new idea of spirituality, connecting to spirit, connecting to source, connecting to love, connecting to nature as the truth, not as a, you got to go do this thing or you die and everybody dies like so scary and dark. So it's good to have a former priest coming up and saying the same thing. Way to go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what's funny to me is I feel like I'm kind of like a priest in the world with no religion. I mean, that's my pathway. Mm -hmm. Be like an urban priest or like an urban shaman in offering guidance and direction and counseling and healing to help people be connected to their soul's essence of what we're here to do. Like you're here to play the nine of clubs as your primary patterning. And what you said before is really good about understanding your robotics or understanding the template structure because then you get to make more enlightened decisions based on knowing your primary archetype. Hmm. So what this makes me think of is a lot of the time I'll speak about, you know, following your passion, following your bliss. And most of the things that I read in spirituality or consciousness or personal development all revolve around that. And that makes sense to me on just a human level. Like I'm here to experience life and, you know, not just to exist. And, you know, that's up to me. And so, well, I'd want to do the things that I enjoy. And so that's the thing that I can own, that I'm following that internal gut instinct to produce and do the things that my body and my mind and everything feels like full of integrity. And, you know, I kind of put logic and security fully out the window. You know, you could probably do it a lot better than me. I'm kind of like a dive all in, you know, continuously. So it's a bit gnarly the way I do it, but even if you balance it out. So I feel like if you go through this process, you can be aware more of, oh, this is the thing. And you can look at your template, your archetype, your passion and have it laid out and you'll know if it feels right. Like if you said that and I was like, that's, you know, you're supposed to do data entry and, <laughs> and, and do anything with logic. 
you know, I would be so out the window. So um, do you want to keep going? I really like how you explained, you know, the, how their mind, heart, things like that. Is there a way that the listeners can, um, well, keep going diver uh, deeper into that and can they apply it or do they need like, does your book show them how they can extrapolate that information? Yeah, the book does. Um, I just, I can't tell what you're seeing when I share my screen. I got actually a whole bunch of slides. Um, So I guess as long as you tell me what you're seeing as we go through, I can do that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And this is my book. I don't know how that's coming up on the screen, maybe backwards, but um, it's good. Yeah, it's uh, Play Your Cards Right, A Sacred Guide to Life on Earth. And then, yeah, you can read about your template in there. Uh, all 13 of your cards, I lay it out and explain what they are. Um, and then I explain what the, different, what the four suits mean as well. Um, and I just want to say, kind of just piggybacking on something that you said a minute ago, I always personally had heard that very expression. And I love Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss, do your highest bliss. And my next immediate question was always, I'm not sure if I know what it is. I think I do, but then I'm not sure. And I actually did a whole webinar series a while ago on the best advice I ever got and why I couldn't follow it. And the best advice was follow your bliss. But then I was like, uh, it might be this, but then sometimes I think it's that. And what finding this template really helped me to see is, oh, this, this is the clarity of what will really make you happy. Um, and what I realized, and maybe you've seen it for yourself, is unfortunately there's so much conditioning and so much programming of what we're supposed to do that it can be hard to peel that away and get down to our core essence. And that's why I love this tool. Also, because I'm visual, I like the visual of it. um, So we can see really clearly, and it is a visual language. It was written as a meta-symbolic language. So it's an actual language and uh, we can learn to read it and and then read our lives like that. So uh, yeah, just to to build on what you're saying about clarifying our bliss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, you know, when I f- first start working with somebody, it's usually clearing the past and their conditioning, and then they because they can't even imagine the thing that they want to do, and this adds structure, yeah. and not to mention all the responsibilities of life. Of I always call it sandwich money. You know, it's like yeah, you know, if I have sandwich money, I can do the podcast full time, and I just do whatever I have to do to do the thing that I love the most. Um, you know, and I think is the highest service. And so even though that I, I'm very well connected to the thing. So when you're trying to extrapolate, figure out, you know, well, is it art? Well, what type of art is it? Is it sports? What sport exactly? How do I weave in there? So I think that there, this would uh, add a lot of depth. So maybe you can keep going or, or share yeah. uh, even more because I think it's hitting all of the elements, which I think are crucial. And the last yeah. thing I want to say before you jump in is... Yeah. Um, Alan Watts, as I mentioned this a few podcasts ago, but he talks about life as a game. And I've heard that from Dolores Cannon, from yeah. Julia Cannon, when I podcast her with her high-level high spiritual people. Life is a game. Yes. And Alan Watts says, um, you know, if life is a game and you are eternal, you can either make it a serious one, right? Or you can play it like, like, a, mu- mu- like a musical instrument. You can have fun. And what's happened is 
culturally we're very serious and yes. it's a, you know, you, everything is so serious and you can't let go and it, it's all this stuff. And that's conditioning to me. And, and we could just as easily go about life in the same perspective through joy, love, harmony, faith, surrender. And to me, that's enlightenment. That's all it is. It's the same thing with a different view. Cause you have the same problems. It's just, you know, just yeah. a different perspective. It, it is. And, um, the perspective that I came to that I like to share with people, which I'll say to you now, which is my motto now, is to live my life like it's my favorite game to play. I love it. To live our life as if it were, because it is, our favorite game to play. It's the game as a soul that we chose. Right When we came in, we chose the game like you chose the nine of clubs as your template because that's the game you wanted to play. You wanted to play the game of the thought leader, the one who brings people up to the next level of insight because that would be the game that would be the most blissful and most exciting for you. That makes right? perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So That's the game that you play. And so to live your life like it's your favorite game to play, like you are playing a card game. And so am I. And so is everybody. We're all playing a game and it's the game of our life. And then how we play it determines the outcome. And that's everything. It's our free will. We have free will always to choose how we want to play our game. Awesome. I dig it. And I like how it hits all the elements. So I even think that is a huge um, benefit, right? So the the conscious part of you, the spirit, and I, well, you can maybe go into that now a little bit deeper, yeah. but you know, that awareness, that's awareness. That's all that is. That, that awareness gives you options and understanding and confirmation of resonance and direction. So yeah, so yeah, go on. Let's do it. I'm going to share my screen again then. Okay. Um, I'll let you know what I see. Yeah, please do. And then, uh, yeah, and then you can tell me what direction we want to go in with it as well. Uh, let's see. So the first card, um, okay, cool. Yeah, I see. A, oh, interesting. Okay, so the the first card, which is the clubs, is the mind? That's the mind. Are you seeing the picture with all four suits overlaid? Uh, yes. Yeah, there's a little, well, I see a club. Where's the spade? The heart diamond club. Yes. Yep. Got it. Okay. So this is, this is something that I teach in my classes is the fact that these four suits are actually the building blocks of our human reality and mm -hmm. correspond to the four elements, as you point out. Um, so it's a lot to kind of break down, but I'll, I'll see if I can break it down in a simple way right now. Um, Hearts is the beginning point in terms of the, uh, it's the heartbeat that is the beginning of life. Like without a heartbeat, there is no life. So the heartbeat is the starting point and that begins, um, and sorry, that corresponds to the element of fire. And I'll just say this, that in your 13 cards, you are going to have cards from all four suits. So even though your first card is a club card, meaning that primarily you orient yourself to life through your mind, through thinking, through intuition. You have all four elements represented in your 13 cards. So you have heart cards, you have diamond cards, you have spade cards, okay? So the heart is emotions, fire, 
and beginning, and it represents the season of spring. And then the club, as I mentioned, is a clover. It's a flower, and it grows on the soil of the heart. It represents the mind or mental energy. And the way I have it in this diagram here is I lengthened the stem of the club to show that that stem actually represents the spinal cord. And it's the whole stem and then the flower of the brain on top of it. It even looks like a primitive neocortex. And so that's a building block of our human being, our central nervous system. We have the pulmonary system, which is the heart system, heart and lungs. And then we have the central nervous system. And the club corresponds to the season of summer. And it corresponds to the element of water. So what's going on, and maybe you're kind of intuitively picking up on this, is that these four suits are what we might call fractal in nature, meaning they represent different elements of reality simultaneously. And we can read them on multiple levels at the same time. We can read them as constructs of our human being. We can read them as elements. We can read them as seasons and, and so on. So then moving on, you have the suit of diamonds, which if you ever look at a human anatomy, there is this fascia of a diamond at the lower back area of the human body. If you look at human anatomy, you'll see that it is a diamond and the diamond corresponds to the gut on the body. It's our gut instincts and it's the season of autumn and it's the element of earth. It's grounding in the earth. And the diamond represents anything that we can perceive with our five senses. Anything we can see, taste, touch, smell is a diamond, right? We can't see our thoughts. We can't see our feelings. But if we can see it, taste it, touch it, or smell it, it's a diamond. And unfortunately, you know, scientific rationalists think that that's the only layer of reality, right? That's it but actually it's just one fourth of the story. Now the fourth element or the fourth suit is the suit of spades. And I've got that up inside, whited out inside of the club there. The spade is an acorn and it's a symbol of the pineal gland or the third eye. And it's, a, it's an ancient symbol of consciousness. Like actually the Pope on his staff, he has an acorn on the top of the staff. Right? So it's known in ancient spiritual awareness that the uh, acorn is the symbol of enlightenment, consciousness, faith, beliefs. And in the seasons, spade corresponds to winter. And uh, in the elements, it's air. It's the pranic energy. It's the life force energy that we breathe in. And in the body systems, it's the... Um, What's that called? The endocrine system. The um, what's the name of the system with secretes all the hormones? Is it the endocrine system? Sounds good to me, but that's definitely not a. That's yeah. not what's not that one. It's the master gland, um, and it's so it's the glandular system that controls all the functions of the body, all the hormone regulation. Is what it corresponds to, whereas the diamond corresponds to the physical structure of the body. So that's a really quick and dirty overview of the four suits and how they correspond to different aspects of our being. 
And then, of course, the different numbers mean different things. So you have different numbers within the four suits that represent different energy vibrations within those quadrants. And one of the things that I speculate on myself is that as quantum physicists look a little bit deeper, right? Right now, quantum physicists think that there are 11 or 12 vibrating strings of reality. My theory is that as they look deeper, they're going to find that there are 13 vibrating strings in four different quadrants, right? And that's what this deck of cards represents. It represents the quantum field of reality, the basic vibrating building blocks of our reality as we know it. And what really can boggle your mind if you want to go there is to think about who knew enough to create this elegantly simple tool that accurately represents our entire reality. That's that, like whoever knew that had an, such an advanced consciousness that we can't even begin to comprehend what kind of consciousness it takes to not only understand the quantum field, but to be able to encapsulate it in a simple, elegant tool that we can use to map our whole reality. So. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, do you have any insights on that? Have you, how did you come? How did you come about this information? You know, like uh, you know, we have a lot of the. I had Gerald Clark on, and he just talked about Sumeria. A lot of it goes back to Sumeria because that's the origin. And from what I've looked at, you know, it could be like higher level beings, you know, ascended yep. masters, something. Uh, Thoth is very primary. It was interesting to hear you uh, mention him. Gerald mentions him as well. And he says he's responsible for maybe like 13,000 books of just kind of this guide to humanity at a higher level of consciousness, giving you the the tools. Because if you're a seeker, they say you can find it, but you really do have to seek. And even if you just take something so simple like food and you just take what's given to you, you are not going to have a healthy, vibrant life. That's just the way it is, right? You take traditional down the pipe education, you listen to everything that you, you take your stock religion and spiritual mastery. None of that is really a level of excellence to me. Um, however, you become your own seeker and then these things are out there, but it takes your own discerning. You know, and that's why I really love doing these on video uh, because you get to see the person's energy and field and background and, and knowingness, you know, like if you talk to me about sports psychology or Zen athlete or becoming a better athlete or manifestation or life, I know that I'm all about it. Um, and so I kind of like, I'm ready to go for it. So um, I kind of got lost in a rant there, but maybe you want to go deeper into that, like the origins of how you know this, because there's a reason for that confidence. It comes out. Right. So the yeah. deeper you want to go and how you found this out and how we can apply it if someone's listening and they're like, because uh, I, I already want to know. I want to I want to have it mapped out. I want to see it because then it brings me more awareness, more freedom yeah. and more insight to make the most aligned choices. Because in a game, you can go back a couple steps. You can. Yeah. Be, right. And so all of them have that up possibility going up and down, getting lost in it. But the more awareness you have, you're going to be you know building securely one step at a time. Right. Yeah, it's so true. It's really mind-blowing to me that we have stumbled and bumbled through life without any clear roadmap. Like, we would never set out on a car journey with no idea of where we were going and how to get to our destination. But that's, unfortunately, what we've been left with in life up until recently. And I firmly believe that 
there's a massive shift of consciousness on our planet following 2012 when it was prophesied that it would be. There's an apocalypse upon the planet, and that's not a Hollywood meaning. The word apocalypse simply means an unveiling of what was hidden. And that's what's happening. This, this tool was hidden in plain sight. It was hidden in plain sight, right under our noses. We just didn't have the consciousness to see it. And so to answer your question, what's happening, I believe, is that the earth is waking up, consciousness is elevating, and so it's like this information is available to us in what you might call the newest sphere, in this energy vibration of the mental realm. It's available to those of us who are willing to look for it. It's there. It always was there. Um, and it's what I found is it's about courage. It's about the courage to go into the unknown to leave behind the familiar. Um, you know, this is kind of a silly example, but it was real at the time. Um, I was an evangelical minister at a time. Um, again, I told you, I didn't tell you my whole story. Um, I had a long quest and I was an evangelical minister for a time. And around age 21, 22, I was like, this just isn't for me. It's too constrictive, too narrow but I couldn't see any other possibility. I didn't know what else there could be. And all my friends at the time, because I would tell them, I'm like, I don't think Christianity is the final answer. I think there's more. I think there's more to the story and I want to explore it. I want to explore Hinduism. I want to explore Buddhism. I want to see what they have to teach. And their response to me was, the devil's tempting your soul and will pray for you so you don't get lost. You know? and some version of that happens for people. They don't want to go out into the unknown and look, but it's there for us. If we're willing to look, seek and you will find. And so what I did is I really did seek. Like I said, I went to the ends of the earth. Um, I was really struck by the phrase carpe diem when I was in high school. I always loved Henry David Thoreau and I always wanted to suck the marrow out of life and find the deepest essence of life. And that's how I lived. Um, I, like you mentioned going all in. Uh, my birth card is the nine of hearts. So we're actually kind of, we're brothers on the nines. Um, because I, I go all in in my heart. Right? I passionately go all in. And I go into the nines. And um, because of that, I feel like, in a sense, I was rewarded or gifted with this knowledge because of my quest and the sincerity and the depth of my desire to find it. That's why I feel like I was shown these things. And I was shown them in meditation. I was shown them through ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, now it's at the point where I can ask questions kind of on demand. I can go into a space and tune in and connect to my guides and ask questions. What does this mean? What does that mean? But it took a long time for me to find out how to do that um, and a lot of searching. Um, but to kind of answer your question, how I found it is through direct downloads, basically. Like I would ask, like, where did this come from? Who knew this? And um, 
you know, I could share a little bit more with you now if you want to, you want to go really deep, which I know you do. You want to go deep down? Okay. So here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, ask me, of course, you've seen a show yeah. before, right? But get in it. So, um, <laughs> one of the questions that I often get, I'll use this as a segue. One of the questions I often get is how does this relate to the tarot deck? All right. And which came first, the chicken or the egg or, you know, what was one derived from the other? And what I've realized, and this is only, again, through my own download, so I have no other verification of it other than this is what I've been shown, is that the tarot deck is a master, is, belongs to a master race, and it is the mathematical representation of their solar system. So we have this as a mathematical representation of our quantum field, of our solar system. And the tarot deck is the equivalent mathematical representation for a different star system for a master race. And it was imported, and so it's extraterrestrial, and it was imported, and it, of course it has great value and a lot of energy built into it so we can use it. Um, but it belongs to a master race, and it's that same master race that created the human species as a hybrid species. And I know you've had some guests on your show talking about things like this, but this was a, this was a realization that it was hard for me to really admit, but it's just, it's there that the human species was created as a slave species, as a hybrid species. That doesn't mean our soul is a slave, right? Again, you are a soul, I'm a soul, and we're incarnated into this human species. But what we do have that was left to us is this map. This is the map to our freedom. And it was hidden in plain sight. And so, like, mythologically speaking, of finding our way out of the labyrinth, finding the way out of being enslaved inside of our own minds, this is the tool that was left to us. And it's almost like, I don't know how to say this, but it's almost like, in order to get permission to create human species, that master species had to agree to give a tool that would allow the species to eventually find its own freedom, something like that. Um, so they had to get permission from some elevated beings in order to even be able to create the human species. Um, but again, this is our map that sets us free if, we, if that's what we want. And now is the time after 2012 where that's available to us, where um, our planet has been like in a hands-off position. I listen to a lot of channel teachings, and that's the, the general message is that there are galactic beings who would like to contact us, but they were not allowed to, that our planet was in a no-contact zone. Um, but now that's opening up, and that corresponds to the waking up of consciousness on this planet. Um, so yeah. Amazing brother. Well, you know, I didn't know you're going to go that way, but, uh, that's incredible. And what I really like is you're getting it from a direct download, like a knowing within yourself. Yeah. Something you know, like, like, that. like you go read a book is one thing, you know, and that's great. Um, 
now, you know, a lot of the spiritual, the highest level spiritual consciousness teachings are like, just know what you know, create your own knowing. I can look at this, I can see the value in it, but what's going to come to you, you're going to be the one that knows like, whoa, where did that come from? What was that? And you come back to, um, you know, <laughs> ETs. And so I have a couple of questions, but what I wanted to, t- what I wanted to touch on, which I think that you shared was courage is so huge. The courage to go into the unknown, because what we know now is certain when you were a minister or whatever the case is, this is your reality that you understand and that it's safe and that you know, and then the people around you know, but in your heart and in your own knowing, you know, it's not the full truth. You know, it's the whole thing. So you have to let go of everything that you know and everything that's secure and then rebuild what the heck is reality. If this isn't reality and this isn't all of it, crap, when does reality stop breaking? When, this, when do I get to a thing that I actually know? And if you go into that, the realization is you don't know anything. You know your direct experience and it happens, but it's so much like not knowing. It's so much vast, it's so much bigger in comparison to what little we know from direct experience. So that's a huge, that's a huge step. And I think that fundamental understanding of you don't know anything, <laughs> is like this scary. Cause if you don't, if you admit this little crack, you know, then all of a sudden the door opens you're like, Oh my God, I don't know anything. Um, so I wanted to share that. And, um, yeah, that's right. And, uh, it's, uh, identifying ourself with the search rather than whatever it is that we found already. Uh, whatever it is that the mental map of reality that we have um, in Eastern philosophy, that's the ego. That mental map, if we're identified with it and attached to it, that's ego. Right? We get stuck there. But it takes the courage of transcending that mental map to totally reinvent it and rebuild it from the ground up. And so that's courage of being. And the only way to find that is to really connect to the truth of ourselves, to see the depth of ourselves, that we have the depth enough to completely destroy our map of being and totally rebuild a new one. We're not stuck with Christianity or Islam or Judaism or Buddhism or Hinduism. As great as they are, it's time to build a whole new model of being on this planet. And this is what Buckminster Fuller was talking about. And it's not about fighting against those models. It's building a whole new model that makes those models obsolete. Yeah, hundred percent. And and on that, what I would like to say around uh, you know to kind of double down that on that for religious aspects and spirituality or consciousness, right? And and afterlife and in connection with spirit. That's really what they're they're taking. And when a when a religion hijacks the the god like nature, it, that's annoying for me. Um, and so the way that I like to explain it is like, yeah, there's lots of good in all of it. And yep. it's like what's happened with martial arts. You used to have karate. You still do. Karate, kung fu, boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, jujitsu, all these different forms. And you could see those as all these different religions. And they all teach some sort of self-mastery, things like that, some better or worse, different tactics. Bruce Lee comes along and just takes each little bit and basically is the grandmaster, godfather of mixed martial arts. Now you look at modern mixed martial arts and you take the top competitors in mixed martial arts, you could take the worst ones in mixed martial arts and they're going to beat the absolute piss out of any one of those best guys in those one understandings. So we brought in 
our spectrum. And we're not saying, hey, this is no good. We're saying, hey, this is great. I like this. And I'm going to also add this piece. And that's where we're getting this new scope. And I just wanted to mention one more thing I think is important. Um, When we were talking about the map to navigate our reality and and get out of this frigging game. um, Well, not get out of it, but master it. Yeah, master it. Um, well, yeah. I just so when you're when you're going through life, the map is you're not taught to create your own map. You're handed a different map with someone else's agenda. That's and right. That's what we're getting pulled into. You know, your thoughts, your beliefs, your heart, your programming, your job, what reality is. And for me, what I can say was different was I was like, that is horse crap. I do not accept that. That is a terrible. This is the this is the best you want to offer me about existing on the planet is going to university, getting a degree, getting a nine to five job, getting a mortgage, getting debt. Two two weeks off a year, two. It's insanity. (laughs) It's a complete insanity. And I'm like, hell no. Slavery. It's it is slavery. Yeah. And you what you said, human species. um, Oh yeah, and that's a deep topic too. You know, Michael Tellinger's been on the podcast. His books are ridiculously uh, deep. Everybody, all of those guys, when I went to Contact in the Desert, when I went to Egypt, Nassim Haramein, when I, when I talked to these leaders doing the research, nobody bickers whether or not the Anunnaki were here and we were genetically modified as a slave species. They all know that and then operate from, okay, now what's next? They, it, nobody, the, nobody is saying, oh, that's not true. It's like, no, when you dive in, this is the one answer. Yeah. And it's a really intense answer for most yes, people. it is. Right? As intense yeah. as it gets. It is. It really is. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a hard one for me to accept, as I mentioned. Um, but what helps me to accept it is the realization that there is a master plan that's above that um, hybridization of the human species. There is this tool that shows us the, the elegant simplicity of this construct such that we can elevate ourselves to a higher level of consciousness. We're not doomed to slavery, in other words. You know, um, there is a way out of that slavery mindset. And there is a way to elevate our consciousness so that we can live in harmony with ourselves, live in harmony with each other, and live in harmony with the planet. Right? There is a way. Very simple, elegant tool that was left to us. Now, there's a lot of other amazing modalities as well. And you mentioned Gene Keys and there's human design and there's amazing modalities. But for me, why I gravitate so much to this tool is, again, because of how deeply embedded it is in our collective consciousness, right? Las Vegas was built on this, right? But it was built on the misappropriation and the wrong understanding of what these are. But that's how powerful this is that we can build an entire construct, an entire civilization based on it. And that's something else that I've come to realize, again, through like direct download, is that this formed the basis once upon a time of a more enlightened society on this planet. We're not the most advanced species that's ever been on this planet, much to our hubris, we think that. But imagine children everywhere growing up knowing their soul's template laid out in their cards. And so then we grow up knowing, okay, this person is born to be a thought leader. This person is born to be a king. This is the person who would make a good president, right? Because they have that energy of leadership already, right? 
This person is born to be a good helper. This person is a good teacher. So we know how to navigate a collective community and build a more enlightened dynamic of how we operate with each other. Like me knowing your cards to play, I know how your energy is, right? And then I know what you're gifted to do. And then like I can support you to do that, right? Energetically. And then we can do that for each other when we all know our cards to play, which is this really simple, easy tool to use. Mm-hmm. It, seems like, yeah. it seems like it seems like a next level Myers Briggs, and I also did oh, the, the there's one I think it's Lumina Lumina Learning, and both times I did the personality assessments. It's like yeah. massive, big picture thinking, visual, oh, yeah. heart based, and and so like both of them said, whoa, they basically basically both people who did it on the two different ones are like, no, you're you're basically imbalanced. You're like way too out there, way too, you got no logic. You've got, it's true. Like I'm working on that. I just, I'm like, I, I want to do it. I'm thinking big, boom, rocket yeah, ship. Just kind of see what happens. That's not the clubs is you're a big thinker. You're a wisdom teacher. When you're playing your cards, right? You're dropping gems of knowledge that help the rest of us to elevate our way of thinking. Hmm. Well, I can, I was thinking about this actually the other day about the podcast. It's like my favorite thing is just to sit and listen because, you know, I'm elevated. I say this on the podcast. This is a great gift to me to have people like you share their knowledge. And I'm good at building the bridge after. Like, you know, I know this is a wild concept for you to take, like, you know, maybe aliens and stuff like that. Like, but check this out. You know, I've had a direct experience. I think this guy's telling me the truth. And then if you're not so sure, look at, look at their face. You know, it's really obvious when someone is telling you nonsense, unless they're a master fibber, right? It's just the energy. And most of the time, this is an uncomfortable space to say the truth because it's so against what the mainstream is. It's not like, yay, let's go say this. It's like, no, man, you're a nut. You're like, yeah, you know, I just accepted that, that the way that I believe and think like even going to Egypt and, and, and being in these places with experts, when I share it with people who are even, you know, some of my friends back home or whatever, if their mind isn't ready, I totally get it. And they, you know, they can't, it's, it's huge. It's a huge idea. I'm like, bro, I know it's a huge idea. You know, ayahuasca was the thing that opened up that for me, you know, it's like, "Here, here you go. And I'm like, okay, cool. Just shattered my reality in every single way. And I've been upgrading and, and confirming ever since. So yeah. where do you want to go with this? Cause I, you also have like life elevated. Do you want to go a little bit deeper into, into the cards? Like how would somebody, do you think it would be most valuable to keep doing like kind of showing people the process through my archetype or could you kind of, if somebody's listening and they're like, I'm sold, I want to know what my archetype is. How do I do that? They just get your book and then they go through and yeah, your data, you. your date of birth mathematically links to which one you pull out yeah yeah thank you uh, i mean there's so many ways that we could go with this um i mean we could probably talk all day i mean i know we could talk all day it's so much fun um yeah totally you could get my book um again this is uh play your cards right a sacred guide to life on earth and i titled it because that expression play your cards right is actually the best guidance that I could ever give anyone now that I know, know what it really means. Like if you ever see like those Facebook posts where people are like, put your best advice in four words or less, I always write in play your cards, right? Because that covers everything. When we're playing our cards, right? We're in alignment with our soul's template. 
And what I've noticed in my own life and in the lives of my private clients when I'm working with people is that when we start to consciously play our cards right, that's when magic starts to happen. That's when we're in alignment with the fundamental coordinates of our life. And that's when the right people show up on, on time. That's when the doors open for us. Everything evolves and emerges gracefully and effortlessly because we're playing our cards right. Relationships, finances, career, everything lines up for us. That's how I know that whoever designed this had our best interests in mind because when we start tuning in and playing our cards right, everything goes well for us. We get all the blessings of life, right? So that's why I say that that's the best advice I could ever give is play your cards right. Um, so certainly, yeah, you could get the book and you can look up all 13 cards in the book. Um, what I did is I created a nonprofit foundation called Life Elevated to share this knowledge and, and bring it out. And you can go to the website. It's lifeelevated.life. And on the website, I have this free lookup tool where you can put in your date of birth and you can look up your basics and get a free mini reading right on the site. Um, so you have life cards. We all have life cards. And then we have yearly cards too. So every year, based on our date of birth, we have new cards to play. So on the website, you can look up your yearly cards too. So this was a big project. I'm really excited about it to put that all together for you guys. Um, I worked on it for a while to create this online widget where you can plug in your date of birth and look up your cards. Um, and then I send out a lot of free content as well. Um, I have a free daily blog post. It's the daily card of the day. It's kind of like a daily horoscope, but it's showing you what are the cards of the day and how can you be in tune with the energy of the day so that you have a magical experience that day, right? Like for instance, today's card is the Jack of Diamonds, right? Every day is a different card plus a supporting card. And so I talk about that. What does that mean? And how could you play your cards right today, for example? And then I also do uh, weekly Facebook live videos every Monday where people can tune in and chat with me. So there's a lot of stuff. Um, it's all on the website, lifeelevated.life. So if folks are interested, you can just go right to the website. Um, and then the link to my book is there too if you want to get the book. Um, I teach classes. Like I, I go into, like this goes really deep, this knowledge. It, it goes extraordinarily deep. And I teach classes for people who want to learn how to work with this tool in their life. Like that graphic I had about the four suits, that's something that we would go into in a class. Um, and then I do private coaching as well. So people, in that case, I work with usually leaders. I'm working with like spiritual entrepreneurs or people who are leaders in their field who want that extra bit of clarity to play their cards right, to be in tune and in harmony in their life so that they can elevate their game and play big. Because that's what we get when we know our cards to play is we know exactly how to maximize our performance and we know exactly how to optimize what we're doing. So I work with leaders in a private coaching practice to guide them to step up their game. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways that folks could get involved. So is this, is this an aligned with astrology? You know how astrology will do things like that. Is this like a, I don't know, 
brother sister is what's helped. Uh, there's probably a much better analogy, but a compliment to yeah. each other. Um, totally. do, do you find it aligned? And then, so the other thing that I wanted to ask was, um, if we're looking at the deepest aspect of this stuff, one of the questions that came up is like, if life is a game, is it a pass or fail type of thing or just learning? You know, do we just, do we just learn at the end or, or is there possibility for failure and you, you try again? And if you pass the game, do you have any knowledge on what's going on there? And then what are your thoughts on like, what is the meaning of life to play this game? Where are we going? Like the, basically the deepest questions I can think of <laughs> from your perspective on this. Like, what do you, what do you think of all that? Wow. Um, remind me, what was the first question you had? Mm, if life, if this is a game, oh, pass, is, fail. Yeah. is there a win, lose, pass a fail scenario? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's a great question. Um, and again, my own kind of, uh, download on that is that, um, in a sense, if we don't master our game this time around, we'll come back and try again. And it's not in any kind of judgmental or negative way. It's a little bit like if we're playing a video game and we don't pass the level, we just we do it again. You know, um, there are levels of existence and, on different planets, there are different games to play. Like this is the game for this planet. And it does overlay with all the other systems of knowledge. I find it interesting. I learn other systems and it's telling exactly the same thing in different language, right? This is a language. It's a mathematical language. And I believe we can use this language as the construct to create a more enlightened society. And it does overlay with astrology. Um, and we have like astrological cards. For instance, we have a Saturn card. We have a Jupiter card. We have a Mars card. We have a Venus card. So it does overlay with astrology. And it actually helps us to better understand astrology because each of the planets actually represents a number. And by understanding the vibration of the number, then we understand the meaning of the planet better. So learning this system actually helped me better understand what all the planets mean based on their vibrations, based on what number they correspond to. So um, it definitely overlays with astrology. And um, I guess the deeper answer to what you're saying is we can master the game that we're in and then we may get a choice, I believe, to go to a different planet if we want to as a soul. Because we've mastered this game, we can then go somewhere else and play a different game. And there are billions and billions of planets with habitable species uh, of intelligent life. And so there's no shortage of games to play, of experiences to have. Um, it just so happens that this is the game construct of this planet. And um, so I, when we master this game, we go and play a different game fascinating okay i don't know why this came to my mind i'm just gonna ask, who is god here you were like a religious guy uh before and now you're you know oh, if somebody is creating the constructs yeah and there's ets and we're not the only ones right. then it, it's got to scale out it so does. where has your scale brought you okay um man uh so <laughs> 
Here's what I know. I'll tell you what I know. And I haven't fully understood or accepted this yet, but I'll tell you what I know. Um, so we exist inside of God, right? We're like in, in God, we live and move and have our being, so to speak. The best way we could understand God is I take, I don't even use the word God. I use the word life, right? So we have no way of knowing what is non-life. There's, there's no possibility of even comprehending what is not life, right? So as far as we could ever imagine, it's always life, and that's God, right? So we are always within life, and life is alive, right? And life has consciousness and sentience, and we are existing within life. We are the livers of life. Um, this life that we are in, uh, the, or our God, is a growing, evolving being. Like we know that our cosmos is expanding, right? Life is expanding. God is growing. And our God is actually the child of another God. And so on. It's fractal. So we are within life, within a being that is alive, that holds life. And this life is the child of another living being. Wow. I've, I've never heard that before. That's the first time I have ever heard that it's a God within a God. And that's interesting. I understand the fractal. Would you resonate with the idea? And this is kind of where, where I am with it is that, um, it's like the primordial infinite and, you know, in uh, the book of raw, which is, are the law of one material, it says intelligent infinity. And if you look at the Mandelbrot set and things like that, it's like one consciousness experiencing itself like yeah. fractally. So it just keeps, it's all kind of a part of the same source, the same infinite, like intelligent infinity spark, yeah. but it, but, um, you know, I've also heard in this dimension, in this game, we're, we're a fractal of God. It's within us, right? Um, who is I? Oh, yeah, it was Wayne Dyer. It's a really good, um, really good, the movie The Shift. And one of the things he says is, like, you got to be where you come from. So a tree, like an acorn tree, it falls. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, where does he come from? It comes from the acorn tree. So he must be that tree. So mm -hmm. where do you come from? You come from source in this little mm -hmm. tiny plasma of nothing and expand out so you must be a yeah. part of that source that intelligent infinity god nature life life is in you yeah. and that's when i'm i'm wrapping my head around the life and teachings of the masters of the far east and yogananda being able to go across as an orb and basically break out of this construct almost like peering through the veil and say oh now you can it's like the cheat codes for the video game it's like ah oh, yeah Boom, found the cheat codes, you know, then like the matrix, some rules. The cheat codes. The cheat codes, yeah. Okay. So those are the um, cheat codes to the game of life. Like it. So what do yeah. we do you want to add on that? And I'll ask you a question after. Um, what, do you, what do you think of what I just said? <laughs> I, I love it, man. And I'm, I'm I'm at the edge of what I know. Like I that's why I say like I'm still trying to I'm not I'm, that's not the right way of saying it. I'm still absorbing and receiving and digesting that information that that which created all that I know is itself the child of an even bigger, more infinite being 
that is itself the child of another infinite reality. And um, so that's the best way I could put it into words, I guess. Um, but that's what I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's cool. Well, one way I was going to create an analogy around that is one that I'll use is I think that on this planet, we are dolphins conditioned to believe we're goldfish. Now the ascended <laughs> masters realized that they were dolphins like, oh man, I'm a dolphin. And the goldfish are going around because there's other, oh, interesting. So ETs, not so nice ones are basically conditioning you to say, hey, work, do this. You are not a dolphin. He's like, nah. And then the ascended master's like, actually, no, you are a dolphin. And once yeah. you know you're a dolphin, you're jumping out of the water. You're like amplified, like infinitely. A dolphin versus a goldfish is a very big gap, you know? Yeah. So then you're now in a whole new world. And with this dolphin intelligence, now you got sonar, now life is good. And now all of a sudden you've realized that maybe you're in one ocean, that there are other oceans. Yeah. And so it, yeah. once, once you move up in a dimension, once you move up in a level of awareness, yeah. it's so far beyond yeah. what you had considered before. Yeah. It's, it's a whole new construct. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, another way I put it is like, if you were a goldfish consciousness and you jumped into a human consciousness, your options and your understanding of what life and existence is, is very dramatically different. Yes. And they're both very real for the person or being or they yeah. experiencing it. That's, you know, preach it, brother. You're saying it. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's like what you just said of it's our own experience. And we don't even know that there's another possible experience until we have that other experience. And that's what we started off saying about breaking that map of reality and being willing to continually break it and continually go into the next ocean and go from being a dolphin to being an archangel to being an ascended master. I'm, I'm making that up, but just keep on like going and going. And um, yeah. And so I, I'm often like amazed, like I've been studying this system of knowledge for nine years now and just when I think I understand it, I'm like a whole new dimension opens up and a whole new way of just using this language comes out. I'm like, whoa, there's a whole new way I can use this tool and see reality. So it's an ongoing adventure, which is good because then I don't get bored because I still want to know more and I still want to grow. So um, there's always more, which at the one hand is terrifying. And then on the other hand, it means that I can just keep playing and exploring. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It, yeah. It's, it's infinite. There's, there's no way, there's no way to know it all. There's no way to even know like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. It's just so ridiculously outrageously vast. And so you get to explore, you know, in this existence, the things that you want to explore. So you may as well put your time into that. Exactly. Um, so with this knowledge, like you're getting life knowledge, you're getting personal knowledge. What does one do who's listening to this is like, okay, cool. I'm going to do my cards. Like what, what would you empower them with of, of like navigation tools to, yeah. to excel in their life, to be more joy fulfilled, to find their bliss, you know, all the important stuff of playing the game. Yeah, no, that's, that's the question, man, because it's not just an intellectual exercise, of course. I mean, as much fun as we can have, like speculating, and it's to me always about how do we apply it and what does it really mean for us? 
And so, yeah, exactly. Like, what do we do with this? What I'm often telling my private clients is it's a digestion process. It's a really sitting with it. So for instance, with you, with the nine of clubs, and people tell me this too. They're like, man, what you told me was really deep and I couldn't quite get it. And then three years later, I listened to the recording of our session together and it all fell into place. And then I understood everything more clearly. That's how deep it goes in our life. And it is our whole life, right? It's our whole life represented in a simple archetype. So the suggestion, for instance, I, I would give you is to actually sit with, here, I'm going to hold up the nine of clubs, sit with and meditate with this symbol. I even like, you know, hold it and look at it or just be with it because this is the fundamental pattern that your soul is playing out in this life. So the more familiar you are with it, the more comfortable you are with it, the more you'll see different aspects and different dimensions of it and then have the wherewithal and the awareness to play it well. It's like when you see a toddler like can barely walk, but they're walking, right? Or someone who is a professional athlete who has really mastered the use of their body, right? To really master how you play with this archetype, right? And that's a lifetime of practice and play. And so it's digging in and meditating and looking at the deeper layers within ourselves of how we're going to engage whatever is our archetype that we're here to play. Mm -hmm. And I also see the visual uh, things as kind of like codes, like hacks. Yeah. You know, if you've never seen a circle before, let's say you're a caveman, you've never seen a circle, you've never seen a square, just stare at the square for a bit and let the consciousness, let the body and also let life, God, force, nature, yeah. you, whatever, do its thing through contemplation. And if we live in a free will universe, it requires your decision yes. and you choose your vote through your attention. Correct. So do you want to go more into free will? Cause I think that's important or cards or whatever. It is man. And I'm holding this up longer on purpose to just amplify your point about maintaining the focus that this choice to maintain the focus on this energy that's the decision. And you're right. We have that decision. That's our free will. We can choose to play our cards right. Or what I often see, unfortunately, is people are refusing to play their cards. They don't want to own it. It's too scary or too risky. Or, you know, imagine if you said, man, this is just too scary for me to be out there and talking about knowledge that's really out there and I don't want to get into all that and I'm just going to go for and it's nine to five so I can be safe and make money. You know, people do that. A lot of people make that kind of choice. Let's say they're born to play the nine of clubs, but for whatever reason, maybe their parents strongly condition them. Son, you got to be a doctor. You need to be a doctor and then you'll be good in life. And so what I often see is people are struggling like between wanting to play their cards right but then wanting to be a good boy or do what their parents told them or what their religion told them. And that's often the struggle. And so that's to answer your earlier question. The next step is to find out what's in the cards for you. However you want to do that, whether on my website or in the book, find out what's in the cards for you and then make the decision that you're going to know how to play your cards right. 
that you're going to do what it takes to unravel the inner layers of the onion, like the Buddha taught us, the layers of the onion. We peel it and peel it and peel it and peel it to make that decision to play our cards right. And it's worth it because that's when the magic of life happens. Yeah. It's totally worth it. It takes effort, but it's worth it. Yeah, I see that, you know, the courage thing is, again, we're, we're touching that. It's so important. And the thing is, it's, again, it's someone else's map. It's someone else's idea, whether it's your church or whether it's your family or whether it's a loved one, you know, but we want to appease on the one side, right? And and honor ourselves, but we're, we're, we're fretting a lot of the time we're going towards the appeasing of others rather than honoring what our self is like who, who we are and what we feel. Totally. And I wanted to touch on one thing that we had discussed before. When, when you start to walk the path of, of your knowing, whatever right. that is, it's all about your knowing, just keep putting the mirror back to you. What do you think? What do you feel? Um, you know, a lot of that when I do coaching with people, that's a lot of what it is. I know where I want to get to and it's the simplest stuff, mm-hmm. but it's got to, I can see the shift when they get it. Oh, get it. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, I'm not a guru. I'm not a master. I'm just a bearded guy with a podcast. Um, you're the master. What do you think? You know, I can give you tools and guidance to start unlocking stuff and things like that, but I'm more like a mirror, you know, it's like your yes. thing. And so when we begin to do the practices and let's say like getting enough chips, like in uh, super Mario, you get a hundred coins and then you get a, a new life or you might get a, you might get a, you know, I was going to say marshmallow, a mushroom, <laughs> magic yeah. mushroom, and uh, you grow or whatever. So when you make enough of those choices, maybe in the video game, it's like, cool, he's logged 100 meditation points. Oh, let's unlock this thing. Like, Whoa. Yeah. And you get it after. And that's why you have to be blind. You can't know. Because if you knew at 100 hours of meditation, this would unlock, then there's no point of you playing the game because you know exactly what you have to do. Right. And so... I feel like, you know, the higher dimension, or maybe there's even game lords, right? Benevolent beings and higher level good ones, higher level bad ones. Like in a game, you got one guy that's trying to distract you, the devil or bad beings. And then you've got like the benevolent ones being like, oh yeah, keep it going, keep it going. (laughs) That's interesting. No, it's very true. And there are beings that feed on our fear. Yep. That's a tough one for people too. They, <laughs> I like that you just said like that. that energy, that fear vibration, that's food for beings on another dimension. And yeah. so they have every incentive to keep us afraid. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to share, uh, be aware of your emotional state. Yeah. Be very conscious of your emotional state and who you're around. And what so, story are you telling yourself to not to, to, be in a, to be in a space where you're depressed, people are sucking your energy to where you hate life, to all that stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just wanted to jump in. Um, I was going to say this earlier. This is the second card in your sequence. It's the King of Hearts. So the first one is the Nine of Clubs. The second one is the King of Hearts. And so there is a strong heart-centered aspect to you. And you've referenced that a couple times about uh, how heart-based you are. And not only are you heart-based, but you can be the king of the heart, the leader of the heart. And so that's an important archetype for you to reflect on as well. Being a thought leader that leads people through your heart. 
I mean, that's what you do. And I, and I feel it from you. I feel your vibration that that is what you're doing. This, the King of Hearts is an interesting archetype. He stabs himself in the head. He's the suicide king. And our modern day way of saying the same thing is shooting ourselves in the foot. Right? Too quick on the draw. Right? So the King of Hearts, it's important for you. Your passion is so strong and so abundant that you might quickly do something in too rash or hasty way. <laughs> That's not like me at all. I, I mean, I've never met yeah. you. But no, yeah. I'm just kidding. It's I could, who knows? Yeah. That's why I said I jump. You know, I jump and I'm like, oh, there's supposed to be water here. Oh, crap, there's no water. Then I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so it, it shows it in the symbolism and the iconography. And these icons were placed on in the Middle Ages. The king is actually the number 13, which is a master number. And then there's 13 pip arrangements that, uh, I, and I teach this in my classes of what those pip arrangements mean. But the icon is shown as a king. And what it means for you and your archetype is to be a leader of people. That's what you're here to do. You're here to be a thought leader who leads people with your groundbreaking thoughts. That's cool. Yeah, man. I can resonate. And you just want to be, a, you just want to be aware of the self-doubt when you climb down your ladder where you might doubt yourself or question yourself. And you want to be aware of being a bit too hasty and impulsive emotionally. That's all very spot on for me. Amen. My pleasure. And uh, it's what I'm here to do. I'm here to empower you to play your cards right. And it's an energy vibration as much as anything else. It's the words that I'm saying, but it's just connecting with you energetically, even through this cyberspace, to empower you to validate that within yourself. So it's like going to the doctor and getting the glasses checked a bit so you can see yourself just a little bit more clearly. And then with that clarity, take bold action based on that clarity. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I could go into a bunch of confirmations on, on why that's a real thing for me. You know, why I, I'm not wearing it right now, but I have this huge flower of life ring that you see in the podcast, the biggest ring I have ever seen. Yeah. And uh, it's a 20, it's like a huge long story, but the bottom line is, I was like, this rings too nuts, but it's the symbol that I had, the flower life symbol on my website for a while and still yeah. is. But uh, the girl looks at me, she's this little tiny Peru woman. I was like, I can't wear this ring. It's like, it's the biggest ring I have ever seen. It looks like a belt buckle. And she just looks at me so dead serious and so tiny little Peru lady. She goes, yeah, but you have to remember you're a king on this planet. I was like, Oh my God. And my body literally vibrated. It's like, boom, and there's like so much confirmation. I was like, not so much as like a king, but I feel like even when I coach people, it's like, remember that you are a king, a queen, a God, a goddess. And so yeah. why can't I own that in myself? What is the resistance in my own doubt and my own lack of self-worth to, to be fully me? And that's something that I, I totally work on all the time. So, you know, it's not in the egoic sense of like, I'm cool and follow me. It's like, I want to master myself and be all of me. And I want you to be all of you yes. and let go of the story of anything that tells you different. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So working on it, man. Well, I know you got to hustle because you got a, you got a hot date for Valentine's. I'm excited. Yeah. You better, you better be on time. Um, do you want to leave the listeners with anything? It's uh, you know, um, anything you want to leave them with. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I guess the website uh, is lifeelevated.life and it's all on there. Um, you can, there's classes up there. The book is there. That free widget is there. So you can look up your cards. Um, I guess I just would say that it really, it, how about, let me say it like this. Sometimes people don't realize how profound this knowledge is because it's so simple. And if ever I get kind of a, a negative reaction, that's what it is. It's like, oh, this is so basic, right? I was hoping for it to be more complicated. No, it's simple. It's the meditation on it. It's the reflection on it. It's digesting it. Like you're saying, doing the work to really own it and master it. That's where we start to find the magic of life. So I would encourage you guys come to the website. It's a nonprofit foundation and, you know, please support us too. If you want, if you want to donate and support and help us get the word out so that we can help everyone know this knowledge and, um, change the way that we operate on this planet. We'll build a new model that makes the whole, the old model obsolete and uh, I love working in partnership with people with different modalities as well, because it does all complement. Like you were saying, the astrology complements. There's so many different complements. Um, it's all about elevating our perspective and elevating our being on this planet. So uh, join in the game with us. Get in the game and let's all play this game together. Awesome. Yeah, man. Well, what I'd like to share on that is uh, even in this conversation, I am aware that this is what I refer to as a quantum leap. I've been studying consciousness, spirituality, passion tests, past life programming, spirit. I've done freaking anything. If you're doing it, I, I want to try it, see what it's yeah. like. And I know already that you're hitting all the points, conscious, heart, all of it. It's such a clear map that if someone's looking for fulfillment, what's my purpose? I want to be fulfilled. Sorry to say that voice. I know we all say that. What is yeah. my purpose? What is my purpose? I want to be fulfilled. This I already know, even in just those two cards, because you're hitting the other points. It's very well-rounded and it's going to answer so many of those other really deep and pressing questions. And I feel like this is a quantum technology in that sense. Yes, so I, I want to know the rest of mine. I'm going to go on the website and check it out. And somebody beginning the search is back. Oh my God. And then that's the idea. Once you know, boom, now you have a guide, but you're yeah. still in the game. You didn't get out. You just have a better idea of how to play it. So I, I totally. Absolutely. And it is technology. So, you're, you're absolutely right. This is the technology it's the programming language with which our reality is written. Mm. What it is. And then we can understand the operating system. So then we can master how we play inside of this game. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, I hope we can meet in person one day soon and we can talk some more. There's more to talk. There's more to tell, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome back on the show anytime. I'm going to contact you personally to uh, figure out more of the reading and your mastery. And I think that we do have some things to chat about. So I just want to thank you for having the courage to do it, man. And, and, uh, and then to share your truth and thank you for the commitment to what you're doing and just thank you for being here and, and being it. And I just love and appreciate you, man. Thank you. I appreciate Thank you so much. Pleasure. Okay, everybody. Thanks for watching. Catch you in the next one. Peace. Mm -hmm.
All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I know that I did. I really enjoyed speaking with Alex. It was uh, deep and fascinating. We went all over the place. And uh, for those of you who who are time coding, thank you so much. Time code five an episode, just one an episode, whatever you can. But even if you just upload the 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 time code and just say a little bit here that's great just get it out there and if you want to max it out then write about what your aha moment was and how it applied to you because you sharing is sharing the knowledge and that's a beautiful thing let's share this knowledge let's share what we're learning um, not hoard it to ourselves and that's you know that's our responsibility as beings you know in, in martial arts when I learn I can pass it down the generation so your learning has massive value so just share the aha moments that you had time code it hashtag Matt Belair podcast share it on facebook or wherever and uh, we'll start to get more and more of those out there and we can inspire others and we can encourage others and we can teach others through our own learning to just inspire them to if they want to learn more they can listen to the whole podcast they can listen to something similar but you sharing is going to spark up it has more of a of a ripple than you realize when you share your learning so thank you for those of you who who are doing that i appreciate you um uh, thank you for those of you guys supporting me on Patreon. If you want to hook me up over there, I really appreciate that. My goal is to get 1% of the audience to donate a, a, a dollar a month. It'd be like $12 a year. Um, and yeah, then I can make more podcasts and, and really just, you know, increase the quality of everything. And, and I'm doing as many as I can while I go around. So if you want to support that way, great. If you want to send me something in the mail, uh, physical, that's great too. Um, David suggested that. So I'm open to that. Just even a dollar. You could do an act of kindness uh, in the podcast honor. I would love that. That counts. So yeah, um, sign up for the email list. If you want to do the lucid dreaming, it's forward slash lucid dreaming. Uh, there's coaching and speaking as well. So if you want me to speak to your group, just let me know and I'll buzz in via zoom and we can do Q and a, and we can do all that kind of stuff. So uh, lots of things that we can do. Check out zenathlete.com. Get the book. Uh, share the ebook with your friends. Uh, I can share that. And it's really Zen life, Zen business, Zen entrepreneurship. So let's just share. Share anything that you find valuable and, and bring people along with us and be loving and kind to ourselves. So before we, oh, Purium, thank you so much. Go to bit.ly forward slash activate health and use activate health on the checkout for a $50 gift card. You can get CBD, you can get supplements, you can get cleansing. You you can get everything over there and it's premium top of the line non-gmo uh, it's the real business when it comes to health if you're really serious about what you're putting in your body so I'm grateful for them and i appreciate them so i'm just going to stay on this train of 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 um, making this firm internal commitment to be loving and kind to yourself because i'm still working on that too and 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 i'm enjoying this even for myself so let's do that so right now, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, just make this firm, unwavering commitment to now, from now on be kind and compassionate to yourself and how you treat yourself and what you say to yourself. Allow yourself to be a child in this universe because you are. We all are. Nobody knows what's going on. I don't. My guests don't. Scientists don't. They know a little bit. We, we have an idea. But what we do know is we do know our own experiences and we do know how we're treating ourselves. So let's just make that decision because you can go through life being a total a-hole to yourself and you can go through life being your number one fan to being encouraging and supportive. And from the perspective of, you know, a child in the universe, you know, you have patience for a child. You have patience for, um, you know, a three-year-old learning to ride a bike or whatever they're doing. So have patience for yourself. So, all right, with that commitment, let's, let's do it. This firm, unwavering commitment to be kind and 
be compassionate to ourselves from now for the rest of our lives. So taking a deep breath in through your nose, connecting to divine cosmic source energy that is in all things, all life, and that is breathing into every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being and just connecting that to that commitment to be kind and to be compassionate to yourself. And now just let that breath out slowly with all the limitation, all the self-criticism, all the self-doubt, all the unworthiness, just letting that go, all the trauma. Taking another deep breath in through your nose and just doubling that feeling and that commitment to be loving and kind and compassionate to yourself, making that firm resolve and feel that resolve get into the neurology of your brain. See it pulse through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as you imagine divine source light coming down from the universe, filling your entire being and supporting this energetic shift and seeing yourself light up, turn and activate through your own consciousness, your own free will, and just letting out that breath and just all limitation, all old criticism, every bit of unworthiness or unloving feeling, just letting that go. Taking one more deep breath in through your nose with firm resolve, now I resolve to be loving and kind to myself always. I resolve to be patient with myself and allow myself failure to learn, to grow. I am my own best supportive uh, supporter. I am always loving and kind to yourself and I'm sending you that energy. You know, you have all of my love and all my support and all my kindness and all my encouragement from an outside you. Now just take that energy and, and make sure that you are that for yourself. You're the only one who can do it. And so I encourage you to just let this pulse through every cell and every muscle and now wish that upon all beings that they are loving and kind to themselves, that they are supportive to themselves and just see the world with all beings being loving, kind and supportive to themselves and to their community and see how quickly your life can change a day, a week, a month, a year from now being loving and kind to yourself always. Your whole world will shift and you'll experience more light, more love, more joy, more enthusiasm. And I'm sending you all of that energy now. So thank you so much for listening. I love and appreciate you. And I will see you in the next episode.